that time. The sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. Trevor, can you hear that noise that's going on? Yeah, what is that? Is that your computer? It, it's got to be my computer, but I don't know exactly what function it is on my computer. Trevor, it's best for you to mute me and you just go. You talk for now. Well, first, first of all, why are you not prepared for the beginning of the show? I, I guess I've muted you so you can't answer the question. But have you gotten it off now? No, he's still messing around with something. I, I love how I talk to him 30 seconds before the show starts and I come back on and he's watching YouTube videos on his computer, airing it on our airwaves. TJ, are you there? I'm here. I still don't know where the sound's coming from. How many from. tabs do you have open? It's not tabs. It's something It's something from my phone that's playing through my computer, although I have unplugged my phone, so there's no reason it should be playing. It was an interview. I, I can tell you exactly what it was. It was a Bud Dupree interview that was playing through my phone while my phone was charging. And then How even, after I, even after I unplugged it, it was still playing for a good 15 seconds, but I, I, I think we're good now. How it had nothing to do with the tab. Okay. How old was the Bud Dupree interview? This was probably it wouldn't have been from last year because he was he was talking about the Louisville game. I'm I'm thinking that was two years ago. It was an old interview. <laughs> Why do you have a two year old Bud Dupree interview still on your phone? Well, I've got a ton of interviews. Oh, here it is again. Like, well, I want to know what Bud Dupree has to say about Louisville. I am so I, I am baffled. And it, you're moving around or something, and it's it's annoying me. It, I'm moving around. I'm not moving anywhere. Yeah, you're making a bunch of uh, staticky sounds like you're moving your mic. I'm not moving my mic, not doing anything. We we are off today, though. I'll tell you that. I'm off. I'm good. Be, I'm good to go. You're the one over here uh, making a dumpster fire of the show. This would be this would be acceptable maybe on a Monday or a Friday, but it's Thursday. We're supposed to be in midweek form still. I, I I have no idea. And then it started playing again even after my phone's unplugged. So no promises. It's not going to come back, Trevor. Well, wa- watch your wires because you're doing something over there. It's making some noise. Okay, well, I'm, I'm not moving. Standing still. So if it, if it gets any worse, you let me know, and I'll, I'll readjust to make sure that no wires could possibly Well, uh, it's, it's, it's not worse, but it's still annoying. Okay, then let's just do this, Trevor, okay? Let's do that. Let's move this. Hey, now it's gone. Okay. I still can't hear that. I, I still kind of want to know what Bud Dupree had to say about Louisville, though. Well, yeah, Bud Dupree supposedly is like when you play Bloody Mary and you ask for him three times to start <laughs> randomly playing. I thought that was Beetlejuice. Uh, that's Bloody Mary and Beetlejuice, I guess. Both both work. Or uh, I really have if you say I have no idea how that was playing, where it was playing from. I, I started freaking out. Um, I, and I do need to also charge my cell phone. So, you know, I need to get that figured well, out I as think, well. Once so. you worry about that, it's a commercial break. I, I can do that. I, I can mean, wait you, to do that. You, you, do you mind? Do you, I mean, do you mind? You know, like I don't know, talking to the millions and millions of sports talker fans right now instead of entertaining us with the uh, ruffling sound of movement and debris interviews from two years ago. Uh, <laughs> I, I really thought you were playing like a fun intro for the show, and it got me excited because it. You and I, we we get on here about five minutes early, ten minutes early, sometimes a minute early. However, however quickly we are both on our computers, and. There was nothing. I was charging my phone. We had no issues. And then right when my intro was playing and I heard it in my ear, that's when the Bud Dupree interview started playing. So I was like, all right, maybe Trevor's got this fun intro, something going on. And then I realized it was a horrible mistake and it was a Bud Dupree interview previewing the Louisville game. So (laughs) 
That wasn't right. Uh, so, okay, apologize for the technical difficulties. Usually I like to pin it off on Trevor. I think this one's all on me, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, like most of them, but, you know, at least this time you have to take the blame. No, no, no. Most of them are on you, but I, I will take the blame this one. This one actually is on me. Uh, okay, so what do we have planned for today's show besides mysterious Bud Dupree interview, static, uh, all that fun stuff? Further proof your house is haunted, by the way. <laughs> the ghost of Bud Dupree? <laughs> that's the, that's the, the ghost of Marla's uh, Grossman. She, she wanted to, she, she's trying to tell you, get out. Like Bud Dupree did. <laughs> so uh, we've got the Breeders' Cup on Saturday, Kentucky, Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky basketball starts next week. Louisville basketball starts this week. Louisville's got Wake Forest tomorrow night. We might mention that. That's going to be another horrible game. The ACC is just terrible at football. Um, we've got uh, – Ain't much. <laughs> we've got the World Series from last night, NBA, uh, tons of U.K. players playing. Let me talk about a cool moment last night watching the NBA. It was right before I was about to go to bed and – uh, just kind of channel surfing American horror story had ended Trevor and uh, I had already watched South Park. So I, I was going to watch a little NBA before I finally turned the TV off and watching the Lakers and Timberwolves. And maybe, uh, maybe this makes me a, a bad sports radio host, but I had forgotten for a brief time that Tayshaun Prince was in Minnesota. So I'm watching. He's still in the league. And you have Carl Anthony Towns and Tayshaun Prince passing it back and forth with one another which I thought was so cool because Tayshaun Prince is kind of who I grew up being a fan of. And one of the reasons I, I, I liked the number 21 so much. And then Carl Anthony Towns obviously was a star last year, a guy that I covered for my profession as a recruiting analyst uh, playing with one another. And then you see Carl Anthony Towns posting up and defending against Julius Randle, who's playing for the Lakers, which was cool to see. Uh, just, you know, different Calipari players, both great, both leading Kentucky to a Final Four, uh, but neither playing with one another despite just being a year apart. And then uh, and then later on, I realized, oh, wow, not only are they playing against each other, you've got these three U.K. players kind of spanning a generation, but you also have Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant playing, who are both going to be Hall of Famers. Kobe Bryant in the conversation for maybe one of the best players to ever play the game. A pretty cool moment, uh, just for a basketball standpoint, but especially if you're a UK fan, uh, with all that star power, former UK greats, and just uh, some of the best basketball players to ever lace them up, was a neat experience. And that's how it's going to be in the NBA this year for Kentucky. You're just going to get a lot of, uh, for Kentucky fans, you're just going to get a lot of games where you have UK players going up against one another. It was a great night uh, for Carl Anthony Towns, has a double-double. Julius Randle also with a double-double. Uh, I think there were several players on this, the Phoenix Suns. I think the Suns themselves, uh, all the U.K. players on that team, combined for something like 60 points last night, Trevor, between Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Knight, Archie Goodwin, and there's another one that I can't Booker. think of. Devin Booker, correct. I watched uh, I watched about half of the, 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 the uh, Suns and uh, Mavericks game last night. It was, the only, it was the only one that on the league pass they offered in HD for some reason. Oh, that's interesting. They yeah. the Suns make that game interesting, or they end up getting blown out. I said I said I watched about half of it, and say I watched the, about half. Well, I'm seeing that they ended up getting <laughs> blown out. So you had UK players all across the country having big nights, doing some great things. So that's that. It's going to be a fun NBA year, just from that standpoint. 21 players in the league, something certainly to keep an eye on. 
What else, Trevor? What did you do last night? Do you, uh, so many great games on it, man. Such a good TV night. I wish they'd spread that stuff out. You also had the Republican debate, which Trevor, I'm sure you want to probably get into that. Can't wait to get into that. I was I was all over that, like white on rice. Did you watch any of it? Not a clue. Didn't even know it was on. <laughs> not, not one. I had no idea it was even going on. The only reason I even knew it was on was because someone I do follow on Twitter. And this is weird in its own right, but he is a, a wrestling uh, blogger, and uh, he was commenting on it. And it was by by everything that was going on on the debate, he was comparing it to a wrestling storyline, and it was kind of made me inter- it made me giggle a little bit here and there, which I thought was kind of funny. And then uh, that's the only reason I even realized it was going on. And then I, I think it can get replayed at like one in the morning, because when I was looking through the guide, I think I saw it on one of the local channels. And I thought, there's no way this is this is live. And, I clicked on it and saw it. There's a repeat, obviously, from earlier in the evening. Well, uh, I, man, I can't express enough how I don't care about that. Now <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel when you ask me if I watch the Republican debate. <laughs> but th- that's actually important stuff. To those who, like, care. I mean, Man, it was the worst you know what debate. I found important last night? What's Get, that? Watch, watching a little bit of the Billy Donovan debut as head coach of the, of the Thunder. Hey, give us away with a win over Pop. Watch, which, uh, watching that's a good the, way to start your NBA career. Watching PG uh, thirteen and his debut a new number, which by the way I'm still not liking. I want to go back to number twenty four for Mister George. And watching the Pacers, despite uh, play well, come up short in their first game. They'll play tonight, and we'll have the coverage of that game starting at eight o'clock here on this on these airwaves as they uh, host the Grizzlies, who got smoked last night by the, the Cavs. Watched uh, the new look uh, Portland Trailblazers for a little while. Uh, Manhandle their opponent. I'm drawing a complete blank on who they were playing now. I think they played the, the Pelicans. Yeah, they? it was the Pelicans. You're right. Yes, thank you. CJ yeah, Mc... the Pelicans are off to a rough start, but they're CJ really, had really a good banged daily up. Fantasy league day for me. I, I they're, them. They're, Pelicans are really banged up. Uh, we'll 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 talk more NBA as the year goes on. It's but that, was, that was probably maybe the most excited I've been for the NBA. That was and my night. Uh, it sounds like a, a good night. No no debate for you, though. Probably one of the worst debates I've ever seen, to be honest. The questions <laughs> were just garbage. Garbage. And then eventually, the, all the Republicans started rallying together to just go after the moderators, saying, why are you asking us this garbage? Ask us some questions, some good questions. Well, they attacked the messenger? They, well, the, the, the moderators were the ones asking the questions. I don't know if they're the ones who came up with the questions. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't. Uh, but... It was not a good debate. I didn't watch all of it, but I watched most of it. Uh, and then here's some some breaking Louisville news, Trevor. That's making the the rounds today. It seems like every time, almost every show, we have we say some breaking Louisville news. Now you and I are going to talk about this, and I'm I'm curious to see what direction this goes. Uh, Sean King, who yeah, writes for quarterback, what's that? The former Tulane quarterback? No, 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 no. Uh, he's the senior justice writer for the New York Daily News. Uh, he's a Morehouse alum. I think Kentucky played Morehouse in basketball and beat them by, what was it, 90 points that one time? Maybe. Isn't that was Sean Woods' coach? Uh, no. Sean Woods' coach, Mississippi Valley State. Oh, okay. Sorry. And then he moved on, I think. But, Had the M's uh, right. Uh, you're right. They both start with the same letter. Ready to get... All right, so he tweets out. I don't know where he gets it. He's got nearly 200,000 followers, so he's uh, – I guess he's well respected. I've never heard of I'm him. I'm just short of that, by the way. But you're you're just short of two followers, Trevor. <laughs> hey, I've got three hundred and sixty six, thank you very much. He said Only he tweets out born. 
he, he <laughs> stop. He tweets out the, the actually porn bots on Twitter used to be really bad. They've they've seemed to take care of that they problem. Have, yeah. But uh, he says the staff at the University of Louisville, including President James Ramsey, dressed in stereotypical Mexican garb, and it looks like some sort of Halloween party. And there's probably about 15 people uh, photographed, uh, maybe maybe more, 15 to 20 people photographed, and they're all wearing some some. There it is again. It's back. Now, now what are you watching? It's back. Maybe gone. Trevor, I have no idea how this is happening or how I turn <laughs> autoplay off on my computer because I didn't have any tabs on. I, I've only got my Twitter tab on, and this didn't come from a tweet. You, again, it's, it's there's the, something going on. It's taunting. There is really something going on. I think on. died in your house may have lied. We're, to we're us. giving a, you know we're giving away those Breeder Cup tickets tomorrow, and I I want to know if. What do they do to get them, by the way? Spend one night in your house alone? No, with the, I, if you find out how to take off autoplay on my computer, and uh, you can win the Breeders Cup tickets tomorrow. Because <laughs> this is ridiculous. One was on my phone, which that used to happen, but it never happened when it never it hasn't happened in a very long time. Two uh, on my computer, it hasn't happened in a while either. But it's you know it has happened before, and also that was really loud, really loud. I don't know what's going on over here, but. Uh, back to the Louisville, the breaking, the semi-breaking Louisville news. So uh, Sean King tweeted out that the staff at the University of Louisville, including President James Ramsey, dress, dressed in stereotypical Mexican garb. And they're all wearing sombreros. They've all got fake mustaches on. Uh, President Ramsey's wearing, I, I don't really know what the name for it is, but a very colorful shirt that you put over the, you know, it's kind of stereotypical Mexican it's a shirt. Poncho or sarancha or something. Something like that, yeah. and um, but yeah, everybody in the picture is dressed like that. Trevor, is this a big deal or is it not a big deal? I mean, like, what is it like offensive? I mean, yeah, seriously, this, are, are we really it, grasping at that kind of straws? I mean, uh, well, is, is that really the is that what we really we've come to now that we're, we're we're going to find people in a Halloween costume doing clearly where there's a dozen people there just being goofy? And we're going to label them as politically incorrect racist because they're doing a Halloween costume. I mean, is that is that where we've come to at this point in terms of grasping for straws to find evilness in, in a story in a, well, in a when, university that has a story following it right now? Well, I mean, it's dude, got nearly up it's, and get it, a life, Sean. It's got nearly three hundred retweets in just a few minutes. So mm-hmm. obviously, people have taken notice to. Listen, I'm not offended by this. No one's and, offended by this. And, Mexicans and, and, aren't. Well, I'm sure some Mexicans probably are, and it is it is very stereotypical. And I get that it's Halloween, and I, you know I I never want to be too. It's Halloween, you, you you know you don't go dressed in blackface or something like that. But wearing costumes is is okay by my book. But is this appropriate for the president of a university to have, uh, you know, 17 other administrator employees there all dressing up like this and posing for a picture? Probably not the smartest thing to do, Trevor. You can at least agree with that. No, I see nothing wrong with this whatsoever. This I'll, The only thing wrong I see with this is the ridiculousness of the stick that's in, in, lodged up the rear end of whoever is bothered by it. Trevor, it's the president <laughs> of a university so, well, where you're trying. A it's, he's, he's, wearing... not even, he's not even wearing a fake. He's wearing a sombrero and a poncho. So you're, how okay. Is, how is that? How is, it's, so well, it's not a poncho. I, I don't. I don't know. We don't want to confuse the listeners with it saying it's, that it's a it's poncho. It's the one thing because... that goes over and has the sleeves on it. Uh, but anyway, and nonetheless. It... So if I go to Me- if I get to a trip to Mexico and I put on a sombrero in one of those outfits, am I am I being racist? 
If you go to Mexico and do that? Yeah, am I being racist? I think you'd stand out. Not all well, Mexicans go around wearing a sombrero and those colorful shirts. Okay, so? Then why so are they I offended? think you'd stand out. And clearly, they're not even mocking what Mexicans even wear, so why would, me- why would your Mexican be offended? Because, oh, uh, stop. <laughs> you, do, you know, do you know what stereotypical means? Yes, I know what stereotypical means. Do you know what that, what that in- entails? Yes, they don't wear that, but that's how people think that. That, that's what they think they wear. Okay. I, I don't need to explain this to you of how this is. This can be offensive. I find nothing offensive in this whatsoever. I really Trevor, know you're, I you're, you're president of a university where a, a university that has grown and done a lot of great things over the years. But, you know, what if you were a, a Hispanic student thinking of going to U of L and you saw this? Uh, okay. You, you don't think they'd care <laughs> at all? I can't see why. I I think you're kind of missing the point on this. I don't think it's the the biggest deal. I don't think if Louisville had anything else going on right now that pe- I think people would just look over it. But it was a really dumb move for the president to do that. I I don't I don't see it. I just I think it, mostly I think it's I, the only problem I have with this is the oversensitivity of some people who may just need to grow up. And you had. Yates texted in saying it was the Latin American and Latino Studies Downtown Day of the Dead celebration are sending me a link to that. I'm not sure if that's that's why everybody dressed up like that. Even if that is to celebrate the Day of the Dead, which I think is November 1st or November it 2nd. It is November 1st, according to the uh, link he sent. It, okay, so November 1st. Uh, that's still it's still just a stupid thing to do if you're the president of the university. Just knowing that people could get offended by it, it's not a smart thing to do. Now again, I agree with he you. Should, you should wear nothing but white white shirt, white pants, uh, and and never put anything of color on in any way, and just and only speak in uh, in, in vanilla words because we don't want to step on the eggshells of anyone. <laughs> Hannah texted the show and says that some Mexican restaurants they put a sombrero on you as you take a shot. Let's fire them. Close that, that, that place that, down. That doesn't mean that's right either. That doesn't mean that's the right, that's right either. And whoever created so, the Sweetie Gonzalez cartoon, he should be hung. Listen, we well, we do live in a culture where people get offended too easily. I think, uh, and sometimes there are things that happen that are offense worthy that people should get upset about. Now, whether this one is or isn't, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess Yates, I, I didn't have a chance to read the link that Yates sent me, but maybe I think he's suggesting that they dressed up this way for uh, for this celebration, for this Latin American celebration. Yeah, don't, don't click on any links because for knowing your computer, we'll end up getting some more YouTube videos of some way. It'll be, yeah, it'll be yeah, something. It'll, we'll get an interview from Tayshawn Prince. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that would um, be. So I guess Yates is insinuating that they dressed up for like this to honor Latin American culture. Yes. But if that's the case, uh, still a bad idea. And you should never have the president of a university that's trying to attract all students do this, even if it's just offending one prospect, one student that may want to go there. So dumb move on his part. But uh, again, I, I kind of agree with you, Trevor, in a sense that it shouldn't be the it's not the end of the world. It should, if Louisville didn't have this sex scandal going on, it wouldn't have been it, it wouldn't have been blown up like this. But it, it has blown up. If anybody should be offended, it should be the former quarterback Sean King that had to share his name with this slap over here. All he did was tweet it out. <laughs> he didn't say anything wrong with it. He just tweeted it out. He's trying to get clicks. That's okay. Good for him. 
So, another day in the life of uh, the University of Louisville. It seems like always something going on now. I saw that Katina Powell did an interview with Doug Gottlieb. Who, yeah, uh, she needs, not a big talk about somebody needs to probably stop talking a little bit some at some point. Doug Gottlieb, I agree. Well, that may be Gottlieb <laughs> too, but uh, but uh, I was thinking Katina. She's it doesn't feel like she's helping herself by continuing talking any, anytime she talks. She's almost better off maybe at this point to just kind of sit back and and let well, everything sue. Well, here's the, I guess shows just want to have her on just to say that they have her on because well, there's nothing really more that she could add to what she's said. But, but, here's, it, but you can tell she, she, I almost, in the, especially in the Gottlieb interview where she, she kind of contradicted herself and other interviews she's done. And she's, and again, and we've had this discussion numerous times on top of numerous times where and I've said that I, while I feel some of the, the statements she's made are exaggerations, there's probably a base truth to some of it. But because she's exaggerated, I think, originally in the book and in some of her stories, she, when you start telling lies, you're going to get caught in more. You have to tell more lies to cover up the previous lies. And I think some of the more interviews she's doing, she's being kind of busted for some of her exaggerations and caught in those Like lies. what? Well, she talked about basically, like, for example, you never mentioned Russ Smith whatsoever in the book. But yet, then your daughter suddenly drops his drops his name in an interview with Outside the Lines. I'm curious to wonder why why is that? Was that added on later on? And where was that? and you talk about the I mentioned the NCAA thing before, where she called the NCAA, but now she won't talk to the NCAA. Well, that doesn't that. Well, we know why she won't talk to. And the NCAA I want to know now. Who, who hired her to go to Minardi Hall, according to the the the, the uh, interview with Gottlieb. Who hired her to go to Minardi Hall before she met Andre McGee? Then. Well, again, I, I think on that part, she may have misspoke. Again, I can't speak for her, and maybe maybe she is wrong, maybe she's not. I, I think she possibly misspoke talking about that. Uh, and, and now I think it's very clear why she won't go to the NCAA when she originally tried to call. I don't think that means there's a hole in her story or anything like that. I think you're reaching there, Trevor. Well, I may be reaching, but you know, I've got I got a you know six foot six wingspan, so what can you say? She did say that uh, in the Doug Gottlieb interview that she had been to Memorial Hall before and then in her book she says that she had never the that when she went with mcgee it was the first time that she had ever seen it and she was blown mm-hmm. away by everything that she had seen there with andre mcgee uh, so there are some questions there again she possibly could have just gotten confused and said that the first time that she was there with andre mcgee was the first time or maybe misremembered something you know I when mean, you she, do... said, she says her daughters were of age when they got into the business yet one of her daughters and, and didn't get into the business till 2013. Yet one of them slept with Montrezl on a recruiting trip, which was before 2013. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that she's. I'm not pointing out these holes in her story. Well, you know the age. You know of she's age, a liar. You know of age in Kentucky is 16. Within a, within the consent of how old the other person is, yes, which I'm, which Montrez would have been under 21 at that time, obviously. Correct. Montrez Harrell yeah. would have been 17. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm not saying just by pointing out her holes that she's obviously completely lying about everything. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not naive. I'm not. Good. I'm, I'm not glad you're not saying that. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm glad to make you happy. But I am saying that the, the exaggerations that she's added to what probably didn't need exaggerationing is coming back to make her look even worse, and that's not a good thing for her and her and her wanting people to believe the base truth that what she is telling. It's it's interesting. She probably does need to take a break from talking, but she may be getting paid to do some of these interviews. Which we I mean, that's, this is the only money she's going to get because I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe unless Target is hiring. You, you think fourteen fifty has any money to throw her away for an interview? 
Uh, I mean, I got, I got, I got a hundred bucks on it. I mean, we know, right. we know for at least that gets us an hour. <laughs> We're gonna head to commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk some football for this weekend. Look ahead to the Breeders' Cup for a moment. Uh, more basketball, college basketball season's about to start. So, all fun stuff. So, join us after the break here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. Fury like a woman's scorn for Sega. We're back here, 1450 the Sports Buzz. I've got my phone plugged back in, Trevor. So we're really playing with fire here on this second segment. And there it goes. Just when the show starts. How does this happen? I'm going to go with the, the four. I have no I idea Ford how that wins. happens. Ford, Ford swept that category. Right when it? we start. Right when we start. How does that happen? It's the ghost of Martha Grossman. No, it's got to be Marla. something. I, I'm starting to, th- you know, I, I took the blame for it, but I'm starting to think it's something on your all's end. How's it on my end? Because I don't know what else it could be. I had my phone plugged in. I was on my browsers. I had everything that I needed to do for this next segment, all the windows up. And I've had it like that for four minutes. But as soon as the radio show starts going, they all go off and go crazy. I think you're trying to sabotage us. I'm not trying to sabotage you all, but I'm really starting to think it's on your end. But uh, I mean, I, and here's the problem is as, as, as intern Jack is on the board in this segment. I, I mean, I, maybe you can. He can take the blame for it, but I don't I don't want to throw him under the bus. <laughs> I think you're trying to do that. I'm not trying to throw intern Jack under the bus. I'd never do that uh, to poor little intern Jack. But something's <laughs> going on that doesn't normally happen, and I, I'm not so sure that it's on my end. Well, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think you're. I don't know what you're doing with your computer. I don't know what websites you've been surfing on while you've been off today. But oh, stop! I mean, I don't, I don't know what, you, I don't know what's going I've, on in the world of TJ over there. I've, but... I've been surfing on car commercials, supposedly. Maybe you're looking for a new car. Well, if I'm going to, tomorrow's the, the time to do it, and we're going to be on a live on location at Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. Nice segue there. Uh, but That'll be the time to look for a new car. It would be, and that would be a good place to get a good deal on a car. Let me ask you this, though. I, I need to I need to write this down. Uh, I'm going to bring you a, a hamburger from White Castle, McDonald's, and, uh, and Wendy's don't. tomorrow. Like, and, I, I mean, and again, I, need to know. I don't actually, you know what? I don't care if you do or do. I don't care if you bring them. I don't care if you don't bring them. I, won't, I will not be eating them. Yeah, you're going to take a bite of them. Let's make it very clear that I'm not going to be eating it. I don't care. I haven't had one in 24 years of my life, and you think the time that I'm going to do is because Trevor <laughs> tells me to do it? I, listen, I didn't want to have to resort to this, but if I have to take Abe hostage, I will. Okay, if you, if you want to see if you want to see the dog again, you got to eat the White Castle burger. <laughs> you won't do any of that, and I, you know I'm not going to be eating. I'm not going to be eating the the burgers. I'm so just not going to be doing. Are you okay with like mustard, ketchup? I know ketchup on the burger. What about pickles, lettuce, mayonnaise? Any preferences? I don't. No, I don't like anything else besides ketchup. Okay, so just get ketchup only on the burgers. Ketchup only. Okay. Won't be eating them, but ketchup only. All right. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Um, <laughs> 
anyways, uh, getting uh, getting some intel that we're going to be at Ford tomorrow. So that's where the on that's where we're going to be on location. Right by Oxmoor Mall. Right by Oxmoor Mall. Uh, we haven't been back there in a while. I'm glad to be going back there. Good, welcome back. Yeah, uh, that'll <laughs> that'll be a, a fun on location. I, I've got to go to a wedding directly after the show tomorrow, so I'm going to become I'm going to be doing the the show dressed in a suit. Will you be in the wedding? I will not be in the wedding. So you're going to be in a are you going in tux or suit? By the way, suit, not a tux. Uh, first of all, I'm that's I'm upset about that. So you'll be in a suit, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be busting out the new wardrobe tomorrow. And all I can say as a hint is Jim Trestle. That's uh, we're gonna be some fly guys out you're, at you're the Blocksmore Ford. You want to tell the you want to tell our listeners why you're gonna be in a vest tomorrow because <laughs> you got you got busted for your wardrobe. Uh, apparently, yes. Uh, obviously, Jim uh, shorts, flip flops, and a Sublime T-shirt is not the appropriate wear for uh, on location outfits. And uh, you know, I didn't get the memo. What can I say? And then uh, that and my TPS reports apparently aren't correct either. So uh, I, uh, I have been uh, garnered with a uh, new wardrobe, and I'll be busting it out tomorrow. Between I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be in the vest. You're looking making Bobby Knight cry in shame that he couldn't pull it off like me. You're gonna be in a suit. I mean, we, we you know, ladies. Why? I mean, Hannah might get jealous. The ladies are gonna be after us tomorrow, TJ. It'll be uh, a good looking duo. That's you gonna for be sure. my wingman. I'll be your wingman, but I'm going to have to skedaddle out of there right after the show because I might be late to the wedding as is. That's but, all right. I don't want you hanging around too much after I steal the deal anyway. So everybody, <laughs> but you've got another show to do out there, but besides the point. Um, okay, so. It'll be a long commercial break. <laughs> everybody is making a big fuss about SEC schedule will be released tonight for the 2016 season. Uh, not that important to me. The only thing that will, because you know who Kentucky's going to play. You already know <laughs> what their schedule is going to look like next year. Uh, they've got non-conference games against Austin P, Southern Miss, and New Mexico State. Those are already, uh, lo- those are already locked in. Obviously, they're going to play Louisville. That game's going to be the last week of the year. And you already know when those out-of-conference games are going to be. Uh, the first two weeks are, they open the season against Southern Miss. Their second game will be New Mexico State, and then they'll play Austin P in November, uh, kind of in that Charlotte time slot. So one of the last games of the year is when they're going to play um, Austin P. We don't know when their bye is going to be during the year. We don't know what if they're going to have a Thursday night game, if they're going to host a Thursday night game, if they're going to go on the road for a Thursday night game. That's another thing we don't know. Uh, but those are really the only two things we don't know. When their bye is going to be and if they're going to have a weeknight game. Everything else, it, it, we, we know. We know who they're going to play in the SEC. Their SEC West opponent for next year, Trevor. Not good news for UK. It's Alabama. They're going to head to Tuscaloosa. Uh, but that's that came out back in 2014. So you already know who UK is going to play every year. Are you afraid uh, of have, Avery Johnson? They'll, this is football. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> tell me you knew this was football. I'm just messing with you. Okay. Good. When you said a bye uh, week, I think that kind of gives it away. Uh, well, yeah, you have bye weeks in basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, they'll play at Alabama. They'll host Mississippi State. That will be their two SEC West opponents. And then their SEC East opponents will be everybody they're playing right now, uh, but just flip this season with the home and the way. So they will host South Carolina. They'll go to Gainesville. They'll uh, travel to Columbia, Missouri. They will uh, travel to Knoxville, and they'll host Georgia, and they'll host Vanderbilt. 
uh, in their SEC schedule. Now, we don't know what days those games will be. We don't know if they'll get South Carolina early in the year like they did this year. We don't know if Florida, they'll move back to November. Uh, you know, it, generally they tr- they keep the time frame similar, so you can probably expect South Carolina, Florida, Missouri early on in the year, and Georgia, Tennessee, Vanderbilt later in the year. That's generally how they do it. Uh, but those are things that can change. So everybody's making a big deal about the schedule tonight. I'm I'm not going to be as locked in watching it at 6:30 as maybe some other people. You're not pumped. Uh, not, not as exciting to me. But it, it is important. You know, you don't want to have to start the year having eight straight games before you get into your bye week. That's something to look out for. You don't want to – Kentucky always seems to have really tough SEC slates. You, you want to avoid those if you can. Uh, this year, Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Georgia, four weeks in a row isn't ideal. Uh, so it, there is some stuff to look into tonight, but – Everybody, there's like a social media campaign going about it. I feel like that's a little over the top. Uh, But Kentucky will travel to Alabama next year. What's the campaign for? Just to watch it. Just oh, okay. I thought there was like a complaint or something. Okay. Just no, no, no. no. Uh, Next year, Kentucky will host Ole Miss. That will be their SEC West opponent. And then, if I'm not mistaken, the year after that, Trevor, they'll finally head down to Texas A&M. for their first game against the Aggies in football, despite Texas A&M joining the SEC a few years ago. Uh, it's a conference, but you don't play everybody all the time. I hadn't even realized they had not played them. I didn't even – I mean, it's not like I didn't – They have not. Yeah, they will not next that. year. They will not the year after that. And then I think the year after that's when they play them. Uh, but I, I, I would need to double-check that. So, so I would assume that, A&M is the only SEC team that Kentucky's never played. Yes. Okay. Yes, correct. Uh, so that's, yeah, it's got to be. They play Missouri every year. Yeah. Um, so that's how the schedule will look at look like. And Kentucky's going to be a better football team next year. They're going to get pretty much everybody back offensively. They'll lose some linemen, uh, but they'll get pretty much everybody else back offensively. Defensively, they'll lose a lot up front. They'll keep a lot, a lot of secondary players. I still think overall it'll be better as a unit. So they'll be better, but next year's schedule, without a doubt, will be tougher, Trevor. One, going to Alabama, that's going to be a, a that's a virtually a, a loss. You can lock that up. You can say that right now. I like how you've uh, given up more than a year ahead of time. Like, oh, well, it's just, it's, you know, <laughs> We're I, I, done. Think any, I think I, even the most optimistic person would say, okay, they're probably not going to win down in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. But it's going to be a tougher schedule. You, you would like to get your 50 50 games at home. And you'd like to get your tough games on the road and just throw them away. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case because Florida and Missouri could be 50-50 games. Those will be, both be on the road. Those will be tough games. Uh, you'll get you'll get Tennessee on the road. That will probably be an automatic loss. At that, I guess you can't say an automatic loss, but you got to imagine that'll be a tough game going down to Knoxville and trying to win that. You'll get Georgia at home, which. Uh, traditionally, Georgia better than Kentucky. Maybe you just rather throw that way game away. You never know. Kentucky has beaten Georgia at home before. So, uh, and then Vanderbilt. Except when I predicted that, that Vanderbilt should always be whether it's home or road should be a win regardless. So you kind of wish you could get that game on the road and and substitute it for a home game. That but just how the schedule works. And also you go to Louisville, which you'd rather have that game at home, obviously. So well, I think Kentucky is going to be better next year. And this is something you're going to hear a ton between starting today. Starting today, you'll hear it a ton when the schedule comes out. 
uh, you'll hear a ton of people saying, and let me be the first to say it to you, Kentucky may be better next year, but the record may not be better. Uh, you know, I think if Kentucky can get to six wins next year, that we're looking way ahead. Uh, but given how the schedule looks, that would be an accomplishment because it is going to be tougher next year. Well, I, uh, schedule's I do, set up pretty well this year, and Kentucky has been, I guess, four and three is about what most people probably would have expected, maybe three and four. So it's been it, it's been just an average year, I'd say. I do find it cute though that you the, the the big blue nations already coming up with excuses for next year's record before the season's even began. We're going to be better. The record won't show it, but we're going to be I better. I, I promise you. I don't say that's an excuse. I think that's just kind of being honest. Quite possibly, and what, what I mean, like you mentioned, though, this is still a season going on. People are getting excited about next year's schedule. Let's worry about this season still. You got a lot on your plate still in this year to go ahead. Never, never said to never said to give up on this year. I never said to look past it. But the schedule does come out tonight, so it's kind of newsworthy and worth talking about. I, I agree. Say. I'm not denying that. Okay, so, it's more newsworthy you know. than a picture uh, with some uh, sombreros on. I'll say that much. I think you're just mad about that picture, and you're kind of embarrassed how you're. I'm not. I'm not embarrassed. You cheer, you cheer for is representing themselves. With there's a um, long list of things that I'm embarrassed for in my life, but that's not making the list. I hate to tell you. I, I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. Just, just not so sure about being that. seen in public is number one. <laughs> uh, we got Kentucky, Tennessee. Well, we're going to talk about this season plenty. We've talked about it a lot. I promise you, Trevor. We're not going to turn our full attention just yet to next season. But Kentucky, Tennessee this weekend. We talked a lot about it on the Cats Illustrated podcast yesterday. Uh, which Trevor, the numbers have been good for that. And a lot of people have said they enjoyed it. Uh, so job well done. Again, <laughs> Again putting it, for emailing it to you and recording Putting it, it together, <laughs> making the music, emailing it to me. You're really the unsung hero in that process. I gave you your own little serial uh, theme music there in the beginning and end. It, it sounds like Candy Shop. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, it's a generic. It's a non-royalty as right. it's known uh, beat that I found. Kind of so it, what Little Wayne uses on all his songs. So, yeah, so, okay, well, that's good that you're not stealing other people's music, but it really sounds a lot like Candy Shop. Isn't that, you're telling me it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not Candy Shop. Isn't that, okay. uh, isn't that uh, what's his name, uh, 50 Cent song? Yes. Okay. Uh, here, okay, here's, here's, that sounds just like it. Oh, now, are you playing this on purpose? No, that's not I it. am. I am playing it on purpose. That is it. No, that's it's it. not. No, it's no, it's not. It's not Candy Shop. I don't have the board in front of me. I'll, I'll play it for you later. Well, you have to. Well, me. I I was playing what the music was. That was the music before the podcast. That wasn't. I mean, if it's Candy Shop, it, no, it, it's it's not. You know, I believe you that it's okay. not Candy Shop, but it sounds a lot like Candy Shop. Okay, I but see that. I, I think bad. it gets people in the mood for the okay. <laughs> for the podcast. Well, I did good then. I'm glad. I'm, you're welcome. But people weren't thrilled with Justin and I's picks picking Tennessee. Uh, to beat Kentucky on Saturday, it's there's just, no I, there's no winning with some fan bases. If you picked if you picked well, the, yeah. a game that, that, that they're they're underdogs and and big underdogs even or any kind of underdog, you're you're uh, you're a homer. And if you don't pick them, you're a hater. There's sometimes there's no winning in the situation. No, and and I understand it though. Kentucky fans, you know, we we've run a a website that is kind of a ran by fans in some capacity. I, I know Justin, you know, he doesn't cheer for Kentucky when he's not working. It's not like he goes and puts on his UK jersey and cheers up and down. I know he probably likes to see them do well. When they do well, it's generally better for the site. But I I can understand why fans are a little bit bummed to see those predictions. One, because it kind of 
they're Tennessee's an eight and a half point favorite, Trevor. They are favorites into this game. And, you know, whether or not we predict them to win or lose, that's going to have no bearing on the game. But it, it, to some extent, it seems like UK football, all the positive momentum that was there, that that big balloon of optimism has been popped. And UK fans, I, I think, are kind of just bummed to, to for that realization to come about. I think they wish that... Uh, that you had gotten one of those wins against Florida or Auburn, two games that could have easily been wins. And if you do one of those two, maybe you still have that outside shot, that outside optimism of an SEC East, which I think we all know probably isn't going to happen. But uh, but now you, you do start looking, okay, if they lose to Tennessee, you've got four games left at that point. you got to win half of them. To go to a bowl game. Yes, Charlotte will probably be a win, but at Georgia, probably be a loss. And then it comes down to Vandy and Louisville. Can Kentucky win one of those two to make it to its first bowl game in quite some time? Uh, You know, just a month ago, Trevor, you'd say, oh, yeah, no doubt. They'll definitely be able to to get one of those two for a win. Now it's not so sure. So I think Kentucky fans are just a little bit on edge. They feel like if they could get this Tennessee win, if UK could somehow find a way to beat the Vols, you get all that momentum back. You get all that optimism back. You go into Georgia thinking maybe you have a chance to win. But the writing on the wall here, Trevor, is it's going to be a tough game for UK to win. And there's no doubt about it because Tennessee does a lot of the same things that Mississippi State does. Aside from whatever game it comes down to being on that is will be their their game they need to get bowl eligible, a la kind of like last year against Louisville, last game of the year, they had to get that game to get their bowl eligible. Aside from that game, which will be coming up in the future, this Tennessee game is, without a doubt, the most important game for Kentucky this year, and that's kind of cliche to say. It, and sometimes I feel like we've said that so many times. So but no, why, but, why do you but, think? Why do you think this? Here's from the one. And you, when you mentioned the the balloon being popped, you said Florida. I don't look at the Florida game as being the more balloon popping game. I look at uh, the Auburn game, which you did mention, because Florida you weren't supposed to beat, you weren't expected to beat. You hung with Florida, and yes, I know you want to beat Florida because it's been. I mean, I was barely alive, let alone Jack wasn't even a thought oh, of when, when oh. we last beat Florida. But you weren't—you were supposed to beat Auburn. Auburn was not good this year, and they kind of had their way offensively on what's been a horrible offensive year for them against your defense. And then you back that up with getting just shellacked by old, by Mississippi State. Combine those two going into—and yes, this, this may be considered irrelevant, but it's not when you talk about Kentucky—the beginning of basketball season and Big Blue Madness going on. And, you combine the, the two, those the way those two games went down with basketball season starting. You've got to beat Tennessee. You've got to. Otherwise, you're going to lose. And I said this yesterday. You're going to lose a large majority of your fan base. That, I'm not I, saying I, that I, they I, don't I, care I, about I, football, but they're going to stop paying attention as much because they want to care about basketball. And they just saw you lose three straight, and they're going to say, you know what? We saw this last year. We we've seen this movie. We don't need to go see Hangover Three again. We saw the first one. We know how it's going to end. Well, I I. Agree and disagree. I don't know what you what exactly you mean by a large number of the fan base, or if you could put a number on that. 60, it's not like sixty percent or more. It's not like when Kentucky plays. If Kentucky were to lose out before, because they won't play another game after Tennessee until Charlotte, like I mentioned yesterday on November twenty first. If they were to lose to Tennessee, Georgia, and then Vanderbilt, and be on a five game skid heading into that Charlotte game, that crowd would be bad. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Oh, about you had it. more people to Trinity Saint X game this year. But also, if you lost to, no, I doubt it because the Saint X Trinity game was rain and a terrible crowd. Slightly but, exaggerating, but maybe not. But if but you know you say how this is a must win game if they go and and beat Tennessee and then lose to Georgia and Vanderbilt that crowd for Charlotte still wouldn't be great 
And hell, you could probably win two of those three games and the crowd for Charlotte wouldn't be all that great. I think the I'm kind of beating around the bush here, but the crowd for Charlotte's probably not going to be all that good. Long story short. But Georgia's not uh, a team you expect to you, – you almost expect to lose. You even said that yourself. You don't, you don't really expect to go in. You expect to be competitive with Tennessee. You expect to be – you don't expect maybe to win every game, but you but expect, do you, but do you you expect, expect to, to get shellacked by Mississippi State. Do you expect th- to be competitive against Yes, Tennessee? actually, I think they can be for a couple reasons. One, I don't. I think Kentucky is still better than what they've shown the last three weeks on the field. And two, Tennessee is a team that really kind of does keep things close to the vest in games even when they maybe should or shouldn't. And I think if you keep that window open for Kentucky and give them the opportunity to be in a game where it's a one-possession game, then yeah, I mean, anything's possible, obviously. Well, this is a Tennessee team, again, that has beaten Kentucky every year with the exception of when UK decided to play <laughs> a, a mediocre wide receiver, a quarterback. I say uh, start t- Ryan Timmons, the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so Tennessee obviously has Kentucky's number. They killed them last year in a game where things were kind of falling apart for UK. And it kind of has that vibe again that things are falling apart for Kentucky at least a bit. And with that being said, you've got to wonder mentally where they're going to be in, heading into this game. And also, Tennessee does have more talent. Now, Butch Jones and Mark Stoops both both got to their jobs uh, in Knoxville and Lexington in the same year. Both did a good job of turning around the program, doing a recruiting process. Both have recruited better than, I think, fans expected them to recruit. But even in that sense, you've got Kentucky being a top getting top 30 recruiting classes, top 25 recruiting classes, and you've got Tennessee getting top 10 recruiting classes. Yeah. Uh, so it, I mean, it's, me, me and Paris Hilton were born the same year too, but you know, we had different outcomes as well. It's <laughs> so Tennessee is still the more talented team. Now I do think Kentucky should be competitive in this game and yes, Tennessee is more talented. Uh, I don't, I don't think they're the better coach team, but I do think they're more talented, but the fact Kentucky should be competitive is because this game is at home. It's going to be Halloween. It should be a fun atmosphere. It should be a, a wild environment. And Tennessee hasn't been uh, all that great on the road. They haven't been all that great at home either. Uh, as a matter of fact, as I'm looking at their schedule right now, Trevor, they don't have a road win on the year. I mean, have they blown anybody really out? And when I, I don't even want to say not blow have they, how many games have they won this year? And they have they four. They've wins? only won three games. They're three and four. Okay, so this and is the really three wins. How many are more than by ten? Do they have any of them by more than ten points? Uh, well, they beat Bowling Green by twenty nine. Okay, but, yeah. they, but they did give up thirty points to Bowling Green, which I think is worth. And Bowling Green's awful, by the way. Then they played year. Western Carolina, which I'm sure is probably an FCS opponent. They are. And they they won fifty five to ten. Okay, and then their only their only win against a Power Five team was Georgia. Uh, and that was the game where Nick Chubb was injured, Yep. and they, they beat Georgia by seven. That was a game they were kind of lucky to win. But even in that game, they gave up a lot of points. So this is a defense that gives up a lot of points. And, and the biggest uh, concern— Every I've, game, they've given up a lot of points. If you're Kentucky, one of the I mean, biggest concerns by far, and I, I'm sure, I know you all mentioned this in the podcast, is, I mean, you just gave you just got carved by a, a scrambling quarterback in Dak Prescott. Now, I'm not saying Dobbs is, is, is the at the level of a Dak Prescott at this point in his career— but he is a guy that can get get the motor moving and get you know use his legs to produce uh, yards, and you just got carved up by a guy like that the week before. This is an important week. You cannot allow that to happen back to back. And that's the thing. That's the thing. I was so disappointed with that Mississippi it. State game. And honestly, as somebody that that you know talks Kentucky football and grew up a, a UK football fan, the the Auburn and Florida losses were incredibly frustrating because. Kentucky had chances to win the Auburn game more than the Florida game. Uh, Auburn you watch way that, more to me. You, you watch that Florida game, and Kentucky played pretty well. I mean, 
maybe one of their best, better defensive performances that I've seen in quite some time. Kentucky still had chances to win, but Florida just looked like the better team throughout that game. Uh, and our Auburn led the entire game against Kentucky, so let's not get it mixed up. They they probably look like the better team, but it looked like Kentucky just had several chances uh, to get Auburn off the field. Auburn would convert on third down. They had several chances to score. Patrick Tolles threw that interception in the red zone uh, into the end zone, as a matter of fact. So that Auburn game was probably more frustrating, but out of all of those, I think the Mississippi State game was the most frustrating, not because it wasn't close or because they didn't win. It just made it look like they made Mississippi State look like the best offensive team in the country. <laughs> they made Dak Prescott look like a Heisman winning quarterback, which I think he should probably be in the conversation, but he's not. And he won't win the Heisman and he hasn't won it in the past uh, and just completely got blown out with no. It looked like there was no preparation. There was no strategy. There was no adjustments at halftime. So that's why I think the Mississippi State game was the most frustrating. So you head into this Tennessee game where. Like I said yesterday, Trevor, one, if you get blown out, I do agree with you where you lose a large portion of the fan base. And I don't know anything besides winning at Georgia and winning at Vanderbilt that would get those fans back for the remainder of this season. If you keep it close and lose, you're still going to lose a, a decent chunk yep. of the fan base because UK fans are sick of close losses at home. When you're at home, you need to find ways to win that game. So to a certain extent, winning is the only option here, uh, but I will, as somebody, again, that, that talks about it, UK football covers UK football from a distance, they have to have a better game plan. This is this is the game where I'm going to evaluate the coaches more than anything else. Uh, what Patrick Tolles does, sure, that's important. How the defense responds after getting just gashed by Mississippi State, yes, that's important. How do the coaches respond? What's the strategy against a running quarterback and a very, very talented running back, both uh, that the Tennessee has? How do they game plan for this. Those are the things that, I, again, I think are uh, the, the the most important things because the jury's still out on this coaching staff in terms of how X's and O's, how well they coach, how well they prepare, how well they game plan at halftime. Uh, Mark Stoops first year, two and 10. He gets a pass because of the players and rightfully so. The next year, five and seven. Uh, about what everybody expected. I, I think that's even what I had predicted heading into year two is a five and seven year, but you did lose uh, six straight games to end the year. Nobody likes to do that. That's not, that's not ideal this year. Uh, about four and three is about where I think most people predicted maybe three and four, uh, but you've lost some games. You felt you should have won. You get blown out in a game. You should have been competitive. You've been close with everybody and that's a good and a bad thing. So, Jury's still out on the coaching staff, and I think this Tennessee game is going to be a huge game for them. Have the right game plan. Do the right things. Butch Jones has been outcoached in every loss they've had this year. Tennessee's been close with every game they've lost. They've been close. They don't have a loss worse than five points, or I guess seven points that Oklahoma lost. Yeah, that was worst, a choke job, too. That was a choke one because they were up, what, 24 yeah, nothing in that, that game? 21 nothing in that game. They lose 31-24. Uh, they lose to Florida by one point in a game they should have won. Which they was lost a choke to job. Arkansas in a game they probably should have won at home, and then they go down and at Alabama, they get the lead late in the fourth quarter and allow Alabama just to march down the field like it was nothing, retake that lead, and lose that game. So every loss uh, they've by had. The way, that game was under 52. I just want to throw that out there for tomorrow's preview. What game was? Alabama, Tennessee. That was one of my. Did you that was say, my, oh, okay. Way to go. Proud PT. of you. Thank you. Proud of you. So this is a big game for the coaching staff because Butch Jones shown, has shown that he can lose games when it matters. Let's see if Mark Stoops and the coaching staff can win games when it matters. We're going to head to commercial break. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Bus. Save that thought, Trevor. Okay. We're going to be right back. Yeah, here come the rooster. Yeah. 
with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. You lollygag the ball around the empty. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. <laughs> We're back here, 1450, the Sports Buzz. One final segment on a gorgeous fall day here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Trevor, any big plans this evening? Uh, I'm going to be hanging out, doing a little inside the press box with uh, Mr. J.D. Coffey after you. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little uh, Gottlieb interview with Katina Powell. We'll talk uh, some Wake Forest football, maybe a little basketball coming up this weekend. Uh, we're gonna get out of here tonight. Gonna do after that. I'll do some going deep. The guys from going deep will show up, and then probably go home and watch uh, a little bit of the rest of the Pacers uh, Grizzlies game that you'll hear also on these airwaves starting at eight o'clock as well in progress. Well, that sounds like a fun little night for the T man. Yeah, no, nothing the big. And then I, when I, after that, I'll probably play a little of the, the new uh, WWE 2K16 on the PS4 that I got yesterday. Now, I've got a lot of friends in town for this wedding tomorrow. They're getting in town tonight. I think we're going to meet up, watch some football, get some drinks. So right after the show, I'm going to probably have to take Abe for his, what I try to make a daily walk, although sometimes I don't get around to it. So when I'm walking, I listen to radio, and generally I, I keep it tuned in to 1450 The Sports Buzz, because why wouldn't I? Uh, so I'm probably going to be listening to you, Trevor. And I, when you all talk Katina Powell, I don't want you to say, she can't get her story straight. She's lying. <laughs> She's lying. Well, first of all, I've already given you my, and I will be kind of regurgitating that, that thought process that I opened the show with with you on. With JD because he probably didn't hear it, and I'll be refreshing it again. But you, 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 just because you point out lies in her story doesn't mean her entire story is false. I've already made that point, so don't play the uh, Homer UK fan and and uh, on on this situation. Well, I, I'm just saying, Trevor, be a smart fan. I'm How a, do I, what do I say to end of my shows? I'm a very smart fan. Sometimes I'm too smart for my own good. Okay. Good. I'll probably be tuned in. I'll, I, I, you know, I've been known to call in, Trevor, if I disagree with something. Yeah, and I've been known to ignore your call. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, just uh, like so, I didn't get that invite tonight to the uh, the hangout with uh, uh, beers uh, and Well, I, you know, I was gonna invite you, but it sounds like you're a little too busy. Oh, is that what it is? Is that why my? I, I thought it was a mess up with my phone service. Maybe my text wasn't going through. Is that what it was? And we've got some. Speaking of football tonight, there it's a pretty good football slate. Uh, you've got West Virginia, TCU. You've got Ooh. the Dolphins heading to New England. There's another college football game that I think isn't a bad one, although off the top of my head, it must not be that good if I can't remember it. But pretty good TV night. Uh, the World Series. Uh, it's North Carolina Pitt, which is actually North really Carolina's big. Been playing really good football last three weeks. Pitt's been playing really good football. Yeah, Pitt's. Oh, they still uh, ranked, this, I think. Uh, this is going to probably decide who wins the Coastal, or at least put that team in a really good spot. Uh, yeah. For who wins the Coastal, because you've got three undefeated teams in the ACC Coastal, uh, which is a terrible, terrible football division. Everybody gives the SEC some some junk, but the Coastal is much worse. Uh, you have Pitt, Duke, North Carolina, all undefeated in the Coastal. So this will give the winner of that a leg up and into a, a solid position for the ACC championship game, which will likely be against Clemson or Florida State, looking like it's going to be Clemson with Florida State losing. Uh, so that's a big game. So a lot, a pretty good football night uh, with the NFL game. I'm excited to. I wish that game was in Miami. I, I think the Dolphins would have a better chance of winning. But the Dolphins are playing really well since they fired Joe Philbin. And we've got some fantasy football questions, Trevor. So let's let's take a shot at some of these. 
got a, a text into the show saying Ryan Tannehill or Cam Newton this week. Cam Newton going up on Monday night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Panthers play somebody, the Colts, I believe. Uh, Panthers, Colts for Cam Newton. Then you got Tannehill traveling to New England tonight. Tannehill has been one of the better fantasy quarterbacks the last few weeks. Question though is where's the Carolina game at? At Carolina. Take Cam Newton. I, that's what I'm leaning if it, if it was well. If it was at Indy, I would still, honestly, I'd probably still go with Cam Newton, but with a, with less conviction. Yeah, I I I don't think you can go wrong with either either to be honest. Let's got you got to remember would, Tannehill just shredded a Houston team that his defense that has been just utterly awful for the last. But month. I, I they're probably going to get down tonight. They're going to be throwing a ton tonight. They will be throwing. They will be slinging it around a ton now. But I do I. I Cam Newton may they may go conservative they may get up on the Colts I, I don't know exactly how that game's going to play out so I'd say he's the safer choice Tannehill probably has a higher ceiling but also has a much lower basement than Cam Newton so that's why I'd go Cam Newton just because the basement for Tannehill if the Dolphins go in there and just get dominated he, you know he could put up three to four points so I would go Cam Newton just because he's less risky I will give this advice to some owners that may want to be doing what you should never do and that's chasing points. Don't go, don't don't just immediately insert Lamar Miller in your lineup because of what he did last week and only a half of football nonetheless. I don't expect a lot out of Lamar Miller tonight. I hope that he's been the, one of the best running backs the last two weeks uh, in the in the nation, and I hope he continues that streak. I'm sure the doll, or I'm sure the 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 Patriots will have a plan to to slow yeah, him you down. Start Javon, start Landry, start Matthews, and be happy. But with you, it. you you start Lamar Miller if you have him. You can't. It sit depends on your. Ma- you it got, depends what you have. It depends what else you yeah, have. It, I mean, you but can, if you're in a 12 man league and you've got Lamar Miller, chances are you're going to yeah, need to play him. Your options are probably slim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other the other question is Legarrette Blunt or Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy, who has just been maybe one of the biggest busts in this fantasy football season. That's a that's a solid question. They're going to be Sunday night in Denver for the Packers for Eddie Lacy, and then Legarrette Blunt obviously uh, playing tonight against the Dolphins. Uh, the, the Dolphins. Uh, that's uh, Deion Lewis. I think is still out. Is he not? He no. He's going to play tonight. Deion Lewis is going to play. I'd be very. <laughs> it's so this is the problem of wanting to ha- having to depend on any kind of New England running back. I mean, this is the it's world. The, it, it's but it's such one a, of them generally always. One of them always generally has a good week, and and Legarrette Blunt has been uh, to be blunt. He's been pretty inconsistent. He's had games where he's had. Uh, Multiple touchdowns. He had that three touchdown game against Jacksonville. And, la- and last week Brady had more yards, carries, and touchdowns than he did. Yeah, last <laughs> week he didn't do anything. So it's so tough to predict the Patriots backfield. And I, luckily, I don't have any Patriots running backs on my roster because it's got to be just so frustrating. You play him one week, you get nothing. You keep him on your bench the next, he puts up huge numbers. Yep. I, I don't know what their plan is. If Deion Lewis wasn't playing, I'd say go blunt. Uh, but I say go Lacey, and here's the reason why. One, he's now he was he had to be injured. I think Rob Doster actually asked me about Eddie Lacey this week uh, on the show. He, did. he had to have been injured, and Green Bay has been very cautious with their injuries this year because they've lost a ton of guys. They're, I mean, wide receivers are dropping like flies for the Packers. So I imagine that Lacey was a little banged up. Uh, he went out there, and maybe something got reaggravated. I, I I don't know for sure. Mike McCarthy didn't comment on that. Uh, and they said, all right, well, we're going to stick Starks out there. We're, we're winning. They were playing the Chargers. They were up the majority of that game, although it was close. And they and, and Starks was having a good game, so they probably just said, okay, we're not going to play Lacey. we got a bye coming up. He's going to get a lot of rest. 
So he hasn't really played all that much in quite some time. I think he's going to be ready to go against the Broncos. And also keep in mind, Trevor, James Starks is injured. He's got a hit pointer. Uh, He's been very limited in practice. They think he's going to play on Sunday, but they're going to try. They're going to keep an eye on him. And with the green and with Green Bay strategy of being very cautious with players with injuries, I don't think Starks is going to play all that much. So Lacey's going to be the only running back that they're going to be able to give it to. I would expect a big game from Lacey in, in Mile High Stadium. They still call it Mile High Stadium? Uh, no, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's still Mile High to me. I mean, hell, I still call the one in San Diego the Jack Murphy Stadium. So, I mean, that just tells you how behind the times I am with it, everything anyway. And we got – so I'd go Lacey I, there. I got a fantasy Blunt. question for you. I need your opinion on something. Are you okay. ready to help me? Are you going to be honest and help Yeah, me? we got another one. I love the fantasy questions, guys. You can keep some in. We got another one coming in uh, while we started this debate. But, Trevor, what do you got? I've got – I mean, I'm in what's known as a dynasty league where it's you, we. It's almost like you're doing a franchise of Madden but in real life. You keep all your – we only draft rookies sure. each year and so on and so forth. And you, I've discussed this with you before during the season. That being said, my receiving core is, outside of Antonio Brown, utter dumpster fire garbage. I mean, it's bad. Like, Ruben Randall and Sammy Watkins are my number two and three receivers, and that just to tell you how bad the situation is. That being said, and you have to start three wide receivers every week, you can only start a max of three running backs. But I have four good running backs. I have have Danny Woodhead, Justin Forsett, Adrian Peterson, and Eddie Lacy. So I can't – the question is, this week, who of the four do I sit in that group? And which of those four do I trade for a wide receiver because I can't make trades in this league? And i got to move one of them for a wide receiver. All right, so who are the, the four options one more time, and how many can you start? I can start three of the four. So only one okay. sits between so, Danny Woodhead, who's almost never going to sit, Adrian Peterson, Justin Forsett, and Eddie Lacy. Those are my four running backs. Man, that's... Uh, that's, that's I also have Alfred Blue if he wants to show up in the injuries of Adrian Foster, too. I would sit for set. Really? That's who I. That's who I. Who's sit. been playing really well the last three or four weeks? I mean, he's. Yeah. It's a full point PPR. I want to remind you of that. Yeah, I would. I would go. Uh, I, mean, I would it, sit for set. I think. I'm trying. I don't know. I don't have their their schedules in front of me. Who they play? So they've got San Diego for for set and the the Ravens ho- or home to San Diego. Ooh. I'd go for set or Lacey and, and maybe right Lacey's, now Lacey's on the bench. Right now, that's yeah. what it is. Lacey would be the safer sit, probably, uh, but yeah, it's a t- that's a tough question. So, so that being said, of those four, and 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 and, he, and Lacey's the one that I have had looked at and, and had some discussions with trade talks. Would he be the one you would trade, or would you, if you are going to trade somebody, would you trade one of the others? Remember, this I is would, a dynasty league. This isn't a repeat. You know, yeah, I, I, I would. Refresh I, I would. Well, maybe if I were you, potentially trade Woodhead while the. While the iron's hot. Yeah, but Woodhead's still only like 28 years old. Yeah, is he? Yeah, he's only 28, 29 maybe at the most. Okay. I don't uh, have a computer in front of me. Yeah, but... Because I'm, I'm, I'm in the You know, the are the Chargers... Alone. He's 30, by the way. Well, okay. are the Chargers Are the Chargers going to keep Woodhead? What's his contract look like? If he's let go, he's got to be in the right offense for him to actually succeed. And to Yeah, but also I'm not going to get as much for maybe... Even, even with his numbers being so much better than Lacey... I can get maybe something better, like uh, for an example, one one trade room, one talk has been a possible Lacey straight up for Brandon Marshall deal. Oh yeah, uh, that's interesting. And that worries, I, uh, Marshall's age worries me a little bit at thirty one, thirty two, whatever he might be. But again, 
my second running wide receiver is Ruben Randall. Okay, I can't emphasize that enough on how bad my two and three wide receivers are. Yeah, I, I, I would. <laughs> man, I'd be tempted to do that lacy trade. This really, really steamed me in one of my leagues and this isn't my big money league and this is one that i think you know they they scrape together at the last minute uh, but a guy who's one in six on the year or whatever his record is on the year just dropped eddie lacy he oh, dropped a lot weak it just it makes me so that's mad. that's that that gets you bumped out of the league in my opinion he, oh yeah i won't be joining this league again if he's in it no no that's that's ridiculous i hate people like that uh, dropped Eddie Lacy. The guys he has on his bench are terrible. He's got Devonte Parker on his bench, who I don't even know if Devonte has a catch on the year. He maybe does one not. Or two. Hey, uh, yeah, he's on my team, by the way. I mentioned. <laughs> it's just stupid, just stupid, and that really upset me. I would probably sit Lacy or Forsett, leaning. I don't know. I, I, I it's really anybody's guess. I, I think Lacy's going to have a pretty good game. This is why I want to get rid of one of them, so I don't have to deal with this week in and week out. Yeah, I, depth I, is the most overrated thing in fantasy football. All why don't depth you try to get a really? Is, why don't you try to get a really good wide receiver for Adrian Peterson? I'm not. It's not. I'm not crazy to think that. I'm not a realm of possibility to do that as well. I'll, I'm open to offers for any of the four, to be honest with. Because you. any of the other running backs, if you're trying to get an elite wide receiver, a uh, owner will say, eh, you know, Woodhead, he's not sexy for the long term. For set, maybe he's just having a good year. Lacey's been so up and down and his inj- injury concerns. Why don't I just go Peterson and try to get, you know, one of the Alshon Jeffries or something? Uh, one, I don't know if that would trade would actually fly because of Peterson's age difference with Jeffrey. But the nice thing about Woodhead, and I think uh, you go back to maybe a, 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 a more uh, tan version of Woodhead that is Darren Sproles. I mean, Woodhead doesn't carry the ball between the tackles. He's mainly getting all his points from catching little, you know, flare passes over and over and getting the points in the PPR league. So being it, even though he's thirty, he's you can almost consider him being like twenty-five in running back years. While AP may be thirty in real life and be thirty-six in running back years from all the carries and punishment he takes, that Woodhead really doesn't. All right, sit Lacey. I think Lacey's gonna have a big game, but it's just it's too risky to to sit anybody else. Uh, the next question comes in from Alec with a fantasy football question. I don't know when this turned into a fantasy football segment, but I'm all for it. (laughs) Alec wants to know uh, Giovanni Bernard and they're in the Bengals are playing at Pitt. Pitt uh, Pitt started as a three point dog. They're now one point favorite. All the money moving towards the Steelers, which should tell you something. Roethlisberger has been cleared to play too. The, the, the Bengals undefeated on the year or Latavius Murray and the, the Raiders are home to the New York football jets. What do you? Uh, that's tough because Bernard's been pretty good this year. And what running was it? West, the backup for the Chiefs, just ran all over the Steelers yeah, last very week. Similar Their back run defense, as well. not all that good, despite Bud Dupree's best efforts. Uh, we maybe we can get a Bud Dupree interview playing here to, <laughs> to let us know what he thinks we'll about just, it. We'll just replace the word Lobo with Bernard. <laughs> and uh, or Latavius Murray, that's having a pretty good year, but a tougher matchup against the Jets. Trevor, what say you there? Ah, uh, that that is a tough one. And Murray, I, I can't remember what Murray did last week, but I know he had a, he's had some decent games. That he he's a, been very consistent. Yeah, he has, and that doesn't surprise. I think, I, and I actually, one of my leagues just picked up uh, Amari Cooper in a trade, uh, mainly as a future trade because I'm thinking he was a keeper, but also because I've been very impressed with him and 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 with the Raiders in general. I would have to. I would probably lean Bernard though. It, it, I just. Yeah, if gun to my head, I would take Bernard. Yates actually just tweets it, texts it, and says Bernard as well. So that's two votes for Bernard. I would go Murray. 
One, they're at home. That's that's what killed the home. I'm I'm really big on home games. And two, very Jeremy Jeremy Hill just got 16 carries last week. They didn't do very that, much outside of a touchdown, though. I mean, what do you have like 30 yards? He had 60 yards, close 60, to 60 okay. yards, and, and on 16 carries, that's not great. But he's getting more carries. He's getting more involved in the offense. One fumble away from being benched for the game, though. That and that's true. You got to take that chances. Latavius Murray has gotten. Uh, over 13 carries every game this season, with the exception of his first game. He's doing he he he'll catch passes as well. Yeah. I and I know Giovanni Bernard would too. I would go Murray, but it seems like I'm in the minority there, Alec. We do appreciate your text. I would go Murray. Text back in next week to let us know who you ended up deciding to go with. I'll be keeping an eye on those stats too. Now I'll, I'll be watching those 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 those, those comparisons to see because Murray's right. by himself. He's going to get everything. I know the Jets' front line is better. Uh, but, you know, first off, the Raiders are playing pretty well. So that game will be competitive. They'll need they'll really need Murray to have a big game where yeah, they the Bengals, fall. they've got other options. And now Jeremy Hill's getting reestablished. I, that just seems riskier to me. Murray seems like the safer play. If they fall behind, if the Bengals fall behind, Bernard, I think, gets still more touches than Murray would get if the Raiders fall behind, though. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But it. You also have to take into account how many touches is Hill going to get in that equation. And I want to know who who else Alec has that he's got to decide between these two because I would take one of them. (laughs) Send one my way if you can. Is he in your league? (laughs) No, he's not. But I no, he's not in my league, but I would gladly take one of these. Those are two good options. I don't – I would go Murray. The other guys would go – they they would go Bernard. He said he's leaning Bernard, so – that would be my lean, but that again, yeah, that's a tough one. That's another example of why having depth is 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 a more a curse than a blessing in fantasy football. Uh, we got the if you have any other fantasy football questions, let me know. He he texts he texts into the show and says he's got Forsett and Todd Gurley. Yeah, you can't bench one of those two. No, guys. no, especially in a full. Now, here's an important Over question those. though: is he, is he playing in a full point PPR? That's another important question. I mean, I don't know how much. It, if that's the case, then I almost lean more towards Murray than I do Bernard. If it's if, if it's a non PPR league, no, I'm getting. I, Gurley just killed me. Oh no, Gurley week. and Forsett are starting regardless. Just killed me. Just killed me. Before yeah, set was... before set loses a lot of luster when it's a non PPR as well, though. Yeah, uh, but he he's got some options. He'll be okay. All these people have great fantasy football. Yeah, options. he's, be, he's better I'm, than my team. That's one. In I, I'm looking at my lineup, wondering who I could pick up that could possibly have you still have joint bell by the way no he's he's gone after week two it is a ppr text back in (laughs) okay so yeah if it is a ppr then i would go towards bernard i'd still stay with bernard more okay uh (laughs) breeders cup this saturday which i'm excited about I, i i hope everything runs smoothly out there at keeneland we've got two tickets to give away tomorrow when we're at oxmoor ford right there by oxmoor mall uh be good to be back there we're going to give them away, so hopefully you're listening. Uh, you can get your chance to get two Breeders' Cup tickets to the biggest race of the year, get a chance to see Triple Crown winning uh, horse, American Pharaoh. Did you and, forget his name there for a second? No, I, I, I meant to say Triple Crown winner. I said winning, so I tried to spin it into winning horse <laughs> opposed to maybe a winning something else. I guess I could have said winning jockey or said winning trainer. Uh, but winning this will be his last beats. race. This will be his last race, and you'll have a chance to see it just by listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. And looking at some of the, the, the morning lines for or today's lines for the race, I'm trying to get it pulled up, but I can't 
can't find it right now while I'm scrambling. How many horses are going to be in the Breeders' Cup? I think there's nine. Sorry. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think there's about nine. I believe but, um, American Pharaoh was four to five to win the race. Uh, Keen Ice, who the horse that beat, a derby. Um, who who yeah, he's been in a lot of races. He's the horse that beat American Pharaoh. He's at eight to one, which I thought he's like the third or fourth favorite in that race, and he's the one that beat the champ. Well, it could have been. You know, I mean, you know, I, I guarantee you, if NC State played Houston. Three more times after the 83 title game, he should still be favorites after even losing to the NC State. Well, I'm not saying he should be the favorite to win the race, but don't you think it would be a little better than that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, is he's the second most favorite, or did you say third? I think he's third or fourth, and that's why I wish I could. I mean, I could... who would be second? I mean, what, what are the odds for at four? If Farrell's four to five, I mean, I would think second place, second best odds would maybe be five to one. So, All right, here here we go. We got Keen Ice at eight to one. Okay. Uh, it... Tonalist or Tonalist, I don't know how you pronounce it, and I apologize because <laughs> I, I hate getting things wrong, but I don't know how to pronounce that horse's name. You should stop uh, doing predictions. He he's at four to one. Okay. And he is the 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 second favorite. You have Honor Code at five to one. He's the third favorite. Then Keen Ice at eight to one. Yeah, I would that that would tell me that most gamblers are looking at Keen Ice's victory as uh, somewhat of a fluke more than a. Uh... Well, Keen Ice has been competitive. He was. Didn't as, he do well in the Derby? Didn't he finish in like the top I think five? He did, I think he did okay. Uh, but American Pharaoh and Espinosa, they are the huge favorites, and probably rightfully so. I don't know much about Honor Code, but it it, it will be fun. I, I hope everybody yeah, tunes in tomorrow, gets a chance to win those tickets, to be able to go out there and experience at Keeneland. It's going to be interesting because generally they go to places that seat around fifty five thousand or more. Uh, Keeneland's, I think, biggest crowd ever is 41,000, and that's when it was shoulder to shoulder. I know they've got some uh, auxiliary seating and, and stuff like that, so I don't know exactly what their capacity is going to be. Uh, but it's going to be a fun atmosphere. I can I can promise you that. Looking forward to This seems like I gotta, this race has a feel to me. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the odds of American Peril being so well in the second tier and third tier and fourth tier odds being a little higher than maybe they should. That This is one of those ones I feel like I want to put money on, like uh, the, the, the second, third, and fourth horses only. And almost is like a field bet against American Farrell because yeah, there could be a nice payday. Yeah, that, I did. That's what I did when and Big Brown went for the Triple Crown and, and won some decent money on that. I put I put money across the board on about every other horse after Big Brown in terms of odds, and I end up winning because of it. Nine horse race. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. We'll talk plenty tomorrow live from Oxmoor Ford. Four o'clock, fourteen fifty. The Sports Buzz. Thanks for listening. Be a smart fan. Don't forget to seven, don't be hitting two. Song call it bluegrass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of tone. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to be G in my zone. Let me hear you say high time. Sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swim.